0: The chains of darkness is going to be our text for today and we're going to be reading from 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4 and some more verses following. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. The Lord, this verse 9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment. And then chapter 3 of Second Peter and the 7th verse, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow before you today, we want to thank you for your holy and eternal word. Though heaven and earth pass away, your word will not pass away, and thy word, O God, is settled forever in heaven and you have magnified your word above your great and holy name so help us to attend to it as we listen today not only for time but for eternity these words that we have read in the hearing of our listeners they will have to do not only in this life but that life which is to come so lord give me the grace give me the humility That your Holy Spirit might lead and guide me as I try to explain your word so they can understand that you love them, that you've died for them, you've done all you could do, and now it's left up to them as to what they do with all that you've done and given your son to pay that awful price that we could not pay. Go with us now, Lord, we ask, because we ask it all in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen. I just wonder, have you ever thought about the future, uh, in other words, the other life that we're going to live in? There's all kind of perverted ideas as to what death is going to produce. A lot of people think that whenever you die, that's it. There's nothing else. There's other people who believe that when you die, you automatically go to heaven because God is too good to send anyone to hell. There are others who think that only a few could be permitted to go to heaven. And we could go on and on about the ideas that people have concerning death and the uh, future life that we will have. So God has taken great pains to explain to us some of these things, even though we're certainly not clear on all of it. We don't understand it all, just some of it, because our minds are not capable of thinking as great thoughts as God has about these matters. But in the scripture that we read from Peter's writing about How that if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down uh, to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness reserved to the uh, judgment. So we know then that after death, uh, just like the Apostle Paul said, it is appointed unto men once to die, after this, the judgment. Now, this judgment has no similarity to the uh, courts that we set in today where judges are bribed, lawyers are bribed, uh, witnesses are bribed, and uh, whoever has the most money is the most likely to get the lightest sentences for crime. Not so in this judgment. It'll be, as Jesus says, that God is going to Judge the world by him who he hath appointed to be judge over all things. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ. He's not going to have someone else that will sit there of equal importance as him, but he only will judge the world. Because, after all, he has earned that right to not only save people because of his righteousness, but also to judge people because of his holiness. So, we can see that whenever Peter begins to talk about this, that he's bringing our minds back into the distant past and telling us that angels were cast out of heaven on account of sin. Lucifer was, or Satan. And then even in the days of Noah, how that those people were destroyed with a flood because they refused to believe God. And it's amazing that there would be as many people on earth as there were at that time that only eight would be saved and jesus said as it was in the days of noah so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the son of man and then he goes ahead to describe how that they'll marry they'll give in a marriage and uh, same thing with sodom and gomorrah they bought they sold they planted they built and so it was just a very prosperous time. where building and eating and, um, you know, just everything's a big ha-ha. And uh, people are paying no attention to what's going on around them, uh, the wickedness that the devil has put on the human race and how that he's tearing young, innocent uh, children away from the teachings of their parents about their morals and other things and he said well everybody else is doing it why don't you do it and you're going to be a square if you don't and so through that kind of persuasion they get the unsaved to follow their pernicious ways as the Bible says but then there's another thing down here in the second chapter of 2nd Peter and the ninth verse where he says the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, uh, well, let's read this uh, chapter t- uh, 3 and verse 7. He said, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved under fire against the judgment and perdition of ungodly men. In the 13th verse of the book of Jude, he describes the wicked this way, "...as men raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness for ever." And so as as we look at this, and even in the twentieth chapter of Revelation, you know what it says in the fifteenth verse, that whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now just because this fire is much, and just because it's eternal, does not mean that it would be a bright fire like we see here. Lost sinners are going to roam in the blackness of darkness forever. They will be tied, as it were, with chains of darkness. Now the meaning for that, of course, would be that they can't get away. When you go to hell, if you go, you'll never get out. And I'm amazed that people think that just because some man who is Not unlike all the rest of us. We're all alike. We're all born sinners. We all are sinners. But to say that one man, whether he be a pastor, whether he be a rabbi or a pope or whomever he may be, that people would believe that some human could pray them out of hell. No, all they can do is just pray themselves out of having to go to hell, and that's by repenting of their sins and trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ, those shed on the cross for their sins. So there's no Savior in men. It's just not. There was only one man, and he was God while he was man, and that was Jesus. Uh, He was the God-man. He was just as much God as he was man, and he was just as much man-man as he was God. We don't understand that, but that's the way it was. And he was born of a virgin, therefore he had no sin of the human race like you and I have. So as we look at these scriptures that takes our mind into the distant past and uh, just reminds us, don't you remember how that God destroyed those angels that sinned? Don't you remember how that God destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? because of their sinfulness don't you remember how that god destroyed the world whenever noah was here and only eight people that went into that ark were saved all the rest and friends it could have been as many as a billion with a b billion people that may have died perished in that flood Well, what about if the Lord Jesus was to come back from heaven right now, and he might? How many people do you think have actually, truly been saved, had an experience with God in dealing with their sins, that they know they were forgiven? And they know that they have what Paul describes in the fifth chapter of the Roman letter in the first verse. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God. And that's what every human on this earth desires. They want that peace on the inside. And they search for something that will satisfy that longing for peace. And they'll try alcohol. They'll try any and everything that you can think of, uh, immoral living and so on. But it just doesn't satisfy. It only brings a temporary satisfaction but then it's gone and there they are again still unfulfilled unsatisfied there's a place in your heart a hole in your heart if you will that's big enough and it's just right for jesus christ and when he is there then your heart is fulfilled it's satisfied you're at peace because you have been justified from all your sins by His grace, and you have been justified by faith. And so you see, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so as we look at these scriptures, just how serious they are, it makes each one of us uh, inquire among ourselves, well, whenever I die, what's going to happen? Where am I going? Well, I know people. Will I remember this life? Because Peter said the elements would melt with the fervent heat and the earth and all that's therein shall be burned up. Seeing these things will come to pass, see what sort of godly living and conversation we should have. So I'm just saying, you need to ask yourself that question because that's one no one can answer for you except yourself. This is a work that is going to have to go on between you and God. You're going to have to talk to Him because, you see, He is the one that you have offended. You haven't offended me. Why well, I love everybody I see and people I don't see. I love them. I, don't, I may not love their ways, but I love them because they have a soul. But, you see, the Bible tells us that God is angry with the wicked every day so with that kind of a warning set up before us then it should make us take a very very close look at what our standing is with god if it's good or if it isn't now if you've been saved and washed in the blood of the lord jesus christ you have nothing to worry about you have happiness in your heart, in your soul. But if you have not been saved, have not been washed in that blood, then you are a guilty, condemned, lost sinner in the eyes of God. And he's just going to wait until this day that he's talking about here that the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished you know if you went into a building and there was hundreds of seats where you could sit in there but we'll say one side of that building about uh, 50 seats or so there's a, a banner up that says reserved reserved that means you don't you don't go there this is for someone else it's been reserved for a certain person of this certain event, whatever it may be. Well, you see, if, uh, let me add something to that that's a little different, but it's the same. If I told my child, you do something, and he doesn't do it, that was an order I gave him. Well, he broke that order, so he's lawless in his home. He's a transgressor. He's broken my law. But then if I say to him, okay, son, I've already told you one time, I'm not gonna tell you anymore, but you do what I said for you to do. Well, if he didn't do it, what would I do? Well, I'd go out to a bush or a tree and I'd cut me a little limb and I'd whip the back of his legs. Uh, Not because I hated him, but because I loved him. He's my child. But what about if you were to come to my house And I told you to do something, and you wouldn't do it. Would I whip you? No. You're not my child. Now that's the way it is with the lost and the saved, or the godly and the ungodly. God will whip His children. You can read the 12th chapter of the book of uh, Hebrews. Uh, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. That means whipping. Uh, Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him for the Lord scourgeth or whips every son whom he receiveth So all of God's children are subject to correction and that's what God does in correcting us is to make better men and women better Christians out of us so that the world can see that there's something very real in what we profess to be now God's gonna wait Uh, No one breaks his law and gets by, no one, no one. But with the wicked, he's just going to wait till that day of judgment. All this lifetime, people think they're getting away with something because something bad didn't happen to them. Well, uh, they've still got to die, and there's a sting in death for the unsaved, but not us. Paul said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? So you see we don't the saved people we have escaped that sting of death because Jesus took that on him on the cross of Calvary. He took that sting and what a sting it was for his people but now those that are lost, you don't have any kind of shelter in this life at death or in that awful day of judgment. There will be no lawyer there to represent you. But you see, the Bible teaches us that even now, we have a lawyer or an advocate, that's what a lawyer is, Jesus Christ the righteous that sits at the right hand of God. He's our intercessor. He he pleads on our behalf. Because whenever the devil comes along and he tempts us and wants us to do something that's wrong, uh, you know, there's that spirit that is on the inside and says, No, don't you do that. That's wrong. But if we go ahead and do it, then you can't blame the Lord for doing that. Uh, he, He was against it all the time. But the devil, and the devil, he likes to take advantage of something like that, and he'll go before... Uh, and say, well, this person here, they've sinned. Uh, They've done something wrong. Well, our lawyer will turn to the Father and say, Father, I know that, but I've already paid for it. My child does not have to pay for that. I have already paid for it. Is that not an humbling thought to you? That someone could love so deeply so much, so passionately, that even when we do him wrong, he still loves us. He's still willing to forgive. And you know, in First John, uh, in the first chapter, in the ninth verse, it says, "If we uh, sin, we have an advocate with the Father." And the point I want to get to, though, is if we say Uh, or if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's what God does. And when you're talking about cleansing, it has to do with the merits or the value of His blood. We say that the redeemed of the Lord are washed we have been washed from our sins by his precious blood and that's true because every person that gets saved they have no confidence in what they are able to offer god in the way of good works so what they do uh, and it's the only thing they can do is just trust that whenever Jesus shed his blood, that that was for them personally. And you see, that's what it was. He he died for me personally. He died for you. He paid your sins. You couldn't pay for them. Your good works was totally unacceptable. They always have been. They always will be. God will accept nothing short of perfection. And we don't have it. We're in the flesh were weak, were carnal, were sold under sin. But you see, whenever Jesus, who committed no sin, there was neither was there guile found in his mouth. He went to the cross and God laid on him, Isaiah says, if you look in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah and about the sixth verse, this is what you'll see. God hath laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity or the sin of us all. So that included me that included you, that included whosoever will, they may come and take the water of life freely. And so this is what we are urging that you do. I'm not urging you to be baptized. You never have heard me say that, have you? Now, there's a time and a place for baptism. It's uh, commanded to the Lord to do that. But it's certainly not to a sinner. We have to be born again First, we have to be a child of God first. And then, when we can give that public profession of faith that there was a time that we were not uh, Christians, we lived badly, and uh, but we got under conviction. Uh, the Lord was dealing with our heart. He was convicting us, He was telling us that we were condemned. And then, we were in so much trouble that we repented of our sins with all of our heart. And that's what uh, the scripture says when you seek. For me, with all your heart, then you'll find me. And so that's how all of us uh, get that cleansing. It's in finding Christ, then when we put our trust in what He has done for me, and you trust for you, then that's when God is pleased. He's glorified in that. There's no works you can do that would honor God. Our, the Bible teaches us clearly in Isaiah that our works or our righteousness is as filthy rags so we just don't have any but christ that's all he is is holiness righteousness and uh, he imputes that to our account when we trust in him in other words he gives us or we're declared to be righteous whenever we put our full faith and trust in him and so repentance it's got to be done. You, you've you got to have that sorrowful feeling in your heart that you have offended God. And the only way you can do that is just like the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so when we are from some source, whether it be a preacher, that's the primary way that God does it, or from a teacher or another Christian, we're all witnesses for Him. And we understand our condition as being uh, lost and separated from God that's when we get in trouble in our heart. And that trouble's going to stay there if you're honest-hearted until you have repented. I mean, really repented of your sins. And then He saves you. He writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so we know then that just like that 20th chapter of the Book of Revelation that I mentioned a while ago, it says, And whosoever was not found written in the Book of Life was cast into the lake of fire. What if I came to your house some morning and said, Say, neighbor, would you like to go to the and, and dip, take a dip in the lake of fire with me? Why, well, you'd be horrified. You'd run to the woods and say, get that idiot away from me. He's crazy. Well, that's true. I would be. But you see, here you are, if you're still lost, you're walking just as straight toward that lake of fire as you can go. And you'll be there shortly because we're not going to stay here long. We're going to be gone. And wherever we have made preparation for, that's where we're going. And if you've been saved, heaven is your home. If you're lost, hell is your home. It's just that simple. Now, the choice is up to you. You have to either repent and get right with God or just go on in your rebellious way and say, No, I'm going to do it my way. Well, God will allow you to do that. But then, in that awful day we're reading about here, he's going to have his way. And so it is, you need to be saved. I hope you'll get saved. Uh, Don't ever let someone tell you that you're saved because they just don't know. But you'll know whenever you've prayed and God has forgiven you, he'll take that burden off your heart. Then you're going to know, he's heard me. He's heard me, and I'm free. So those chains of darkness have been forever cut loose, and you're a free man or woman in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, if you'd like to have the free CD, and the one we're sending out right now is, Are You Saved or Deceived? Uh, we'll send it out to you. It's free of charge. doesn't cost you a thing. All we'd ask of you is to please put your return address as clearly as you can so that we can be sure that you get the CD back to you. Some of you will be writing the station or another address somewhere, and some of you will need to write to me in order to get that, so I'll give you my address and the station managers will give you their address where you should write, and so here is mine. It's Brother Paul. 2701 Sample S-A-M-P-L-E Scales S-C-A-L-E-S Road Homer H-O-M-E-R Georgia just G-A and that zip code is 305 Four, 7 USA I trust you'll sin and get this because I think it'll help you but listen the bottom line is there's nobody can help you except the Lord and you can just forget me you can forget any other preacher you know or anybody else you know you're going to have to turn to the Lord and get this settled with him because that's who you're in trouble with you're not in trouble with me but you are him and I don't want to see that I want to meet you in heaven And I trust that on that morning, that great and awful day that we've just been reading about, that you'll come forth from your grave with a big smile on your face as you look upon the face of the one that bled and died for your sins. God bless you till this same time next week.